welcome in. Welcome back to the Sacramento Kings Outsiders. Today we'll be talking about some draft picks, uh, things happening around the league um, in general, some things with the Kings, and we're just going to wing it, to be honest. So starting off, uh, we just got some recent news with Marvin Bagley. They tested positive for coronavirus. Yeah, that's what you get for traveling out of the state, man. I don't know. I don't know what these. Like, I get if you want to do that, whatever in your in your off season, like traveling stuff. I mean, I definitely wouldn't be doing that right now. But right before training camp, man, come on, what are you doing? Yeah, especially this year, like it's it's his year to prove what he could do, and he, he has to be more careful, more professional, really. Yeah, especially if everyone him, man. Yeah, everybody just wants to see what he can do, and he's over here not even uh, practicing with them. I know. Had to sit out, go through the protocol, and come back. Yeah, they were saying that he might not even be able to play the first couple games. Yeah, since it's so close, everything's uh, so compact. The Kings play December 11th is their first preseason game. That's um, two in two days, right? right? Yeah. Hell yeah, let's get it. So, um, but besides that's pretty much the only news that's come out recently since our last recording with the Kings. Um, but we did want to touch on their draft picks, um, starting with Tyrese Halliburton. And some news that came out of practice, uh, he's been running the second team with Corey Joseph. And they're saying that he has a really good basketball IQ, which we kind of talked about on the last episode. He's a really smart player, uh, smart tendencies on the defensive side, and just knows how to um, play team basketball, really. And um, everybody also said that they just really enjoy playing with him alongside him, which is always a good thing. I mean, you want to like teammates, like people you play with, you're going to try harder to uh, succeed with them. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I've I actually I've enjoyed starting to watch these training camp videos and stuff, mostly of other teams because the Kings don't show much besides interviews and just like players putting up shots, which is not that interesting, but um, it's been cool to see the guys. They all seem like they're pretty happy. Like, well, they all seem pretty, pretty chill. Like they're getting along well and everything. So, uh, buddy's over there acting like he's too good. Still, I feel like. <laughs> yeah, buddy. <yeah. laughs> this dude's over there wearing a beanie, a beanie in the building. I'm like, bro, why are you wearing a beanie for interviews? I'm just fine. Probably ready to be traded, man. Yeah, he is for sure. Him, him, and Harden, man, just swap them. Yeah, we'll, we'll touch on Harden a little bit later. Oh, there's a lot of news on the James Harden front. But um, besides Halliburton, what do you think of the other two draft picks for the Sacramento Kings? Yeah, I know we kind of talked about it before, but I wanted to get into the numbers a little bit more because um. 
I think both Robert Woodard and Javias Ramsey are like intriguing pickups that I like, um, especially Robert Woodard, just because I guess just personal reasons. I, I like his game a little bit more and stuff and his attitude just slightly more. Um, the other thing is he, he was a two-year player in college, which I always think uh, leads to like a mature, more, more of a mature mindset. And they're those type of guys seem to be a little bit more NBA ready right away. Um, so yeah, he's born and raised in Mississippi. He played uh, Mississippi State, and it I was impressed to see the jump from like his freshman numbers <clears throat> to his sophomore numbers. He averaged just under six points and four rebounds his freshman year, and then that jumped up. Uh, to just about eleven and a half points and uh, six and a half rebounds, and he's also he's made a known he's made a name for himself kind of as like a two way player. He's he's got an NBA ready body really. Uh, he's six foot seven, so that's good size for uh, probably a s- small forward. I like to see in the modern NBA like more of a six eight or six nine small forward, but uh, I think he could play in some situations. To, but yeah, he's probably almost certainly mostly going to be playing small forward. Uh, he's a 230-pounder, so that's more of an NBA-ready body than most rookies that you see. Um, just as far as like a base, and that's that's going to add a lot of extra strength, um, which is something that can be frustrating when you have to wait on the, on the younger, slimmer guys kind of to fill out just to fit in. He has a 7-foot-1 wingspan, which I think... Uh, gives him a lot of opportunity in passing lanes and stuff. He gets a lot of a lot of kind of like slick kind of like Lonzo Ball type of steals. He's just not nearly as quick. Um so I think he has a lot of potential. He's already he's already shown that he can be a good two-way player and he's proven on the on the defensive end, but I think that he has room for uh, advancement as well like when he gets in in the NBA training room and when he gets kind of up to speed with the NBA game. Um, and then his in his interviews, he seems pretty mature. He didn't blow me away as far as his personality or anything, but uh, I found it interesting that he was like kind of. He's in the same class kind of as Tyler Bay as far as like a defensive standpoint. He I mean he had about a steal and a block. Uh, he's ranked twelfth in the SEC in rebounding with that 6.5 that I was talking about in his sophomore year. And he's one of three players in the Power 5 conferences to average 10 points, six rebounds, one assist, one steal, and one block. And that's that's what I was saying with um, Tyler Bay was one other player to do that. Um, and he's one of five SEC players to have at least 20 points and 15 rebounds in a game. And that was in the 2019-2020 season. Trying to see here, he had a he had like six or seven, I think seven games with uh, seventeen points or more, and uh, so he's capable of of those scoring bursts that I think the Kings kind of need, like at the small forward position. But more importantly, I think that he kind of brings like a th- a three and D aspect, which is what is like. The, a dire need of the Kings. And that's, I mean, 
I'm not saying that I think he's going to come out and start and and keep all those same numbers in the pros, but I think it's like promising just to know that he has those that type of potential. And then uh, on the flip side, Jameis Ramsey, I've been hearing a lot of rumblings about him kind of being like salty. I don't know necessarily if if it's because he was taken so late in the draft or because he went to Sacramento, but I have noticed him being standoffish and like his interviews have honestly been kind of trash. Like he doesn't seem happy, which is not a very good sign when you're when you're first coming into the NBA and starting off with your new team. He had freshman of the year honors in uh in uh in his conference and he averaged fifteen points, four rebounds and two assists. You're, this is not the kind of guy that you're gonna be expecting to be a, a facilitator as of right now. Um I think maybe a comparison I made last week kind of like with the James Harden thing, if he were to expand his game, that would definitely be something that could open things up for him. But uh early in his career, I mean you you shouldn't count on him being much than a spark plug kind of just pure score six man type of type of role I, I think and just with the way the Kings roster is set up right now I don't even know if he's really going to be getting bench minutes coming into the season to be honest uh, I'd like to see that just to, so you could see like where he's at and, and what you're getting with him on NBA level but Luke Walton doesn't really have that type of track record so probably uh, Stockton Kings project right yeah, I think probably, honestly. Yeah, we have to see. I mean, it might be an injury or something. Something to give him a chance. So people really need is a chance. Right, yeah. Um, He's a great kind of like transition scorer. He's a definitely above average three-point shooter and pretty good isolation player. He just, I'd say the first thing that he should work on right off the bat to be successful in the NBA is like shot selection. He's like a microwave type of player where he'll start hitting and go crazy. But, I mean, if he's not hitting, then he's he's known to take some silly shots. And that's not, like, something that's going to go over well as a rookie, especially when you're struggling for minutes. But I'm hoping yeah, – well, What's that? While we're on the uh, rookie subject, what, uh, what rookies this year do you think are going to have some of the biggest impacts for their teams? You know, I think for sure Lonzo Ball, I feel like he's kind of getting the keys to the keys to the Lambo as far as like he's gone into a Yeah, what did I say? <laughs> Bro, I'm tripping. Lamella, my it bad. Played, it played pretty similar though, so I'm tripping. A mistake. Lamello, um like even Jordan's kind of endorsed him a little bit, nothing crazy, but he said he's been impressed kind of with what he's seen so far in training camp. Same with some of his teammates. Like, um, I think that it's kind of weird though because I feel like there's going to be some tension between him and the other guards because Terry Rozier kind of had to earn that starting like, that starting spot, and I think that was like the biggest reason he probably got he probably left Boston was he wanted a bigger role. And between him and Devontae Graham, like, I would way rather have Devontae Graham starting. So I feel like – and I don't – I mean, you can't really justify that number three pick coming in and coming, like, not getting all those starter minutes. So I feel like it's going to have to be Devontae Graham, him, Gordon Hayward. And then I don't know what they're going to do, like, between P.J. Washington and 
Miles Bridges. I'm going to assume that, I mean, I guess they could have PJ Washington start like playing center at some, whatever. I don't know. I'm not going to pretend to be able to figure that out, but I think he has like a really good situation playing with a lot of like athletic forwards. He's going to be, he's going to be set up for success with a lot of lobs to those athletic guys. And then he's also going to have like a great secondary facilitator in Gordon Hayward because whatever he plays small forward or shooting guard, he's, he's known for being, for being crafty, like setting up teammates. And then he's a good shooter as well. He's going to be the, probably the best three point shooter on that team, either him or Devontae Graham. So it's going to take a a lot of pressure off Devontae Graham. And then I feel like he's just, he's mostly just going to have to facilitate as he eases himself into the offensive game. So I feel like he's, if he like, if he doesn't try to do too much too soon, I feel like he's going to be able to ease his way in and have success. But I feel like the player with the most, like, the best immediate situation, like, that's going to set them up for success day one is got to be James Wiseman because, I mean, playing with Curry, that speaks for itself. You know, Curry's going to do what he does. He's going to get buckets like crazy, and that's going to open things up for everyone else. So there's going to be lots of putbacks and lots of open lobs and things like that for Wiseman to feast down low. And then he's going to have a great mentor type of guy with, like, Draymond Green, you know, to help him on the defensive end. And then same with Wiggins. And um, obviously, Clay's not playing him, but um, Ubre, those guys are bucket getters. That's that's going to take a lot of that weight off his shoulders. So I feel like all he's going to have to do really coming out of the gates is get boards and play defense. And those are things that we know he can do, like, at a high clip very well. So he's 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 got it like he's got to do good you know if he doesn't then that's gonna that's i think people just slept on him too hard because he gave up on college and they're like well that's gonna that's gonna hurt him all that time off but that dude has game man like he's gonna figure things out i think of the top three probably the yeah top three picks for sure that um anthony edwards is gonna have the hardest time finding success just because, like, that team already has successful players at his position, and I don't see them taking minutes away from those guys to, like, start him. And I don't know. Like, he's never had to be that six-man or, like, second or third option in his whole entire basketball career. So that's going to be one of those tests to see, like, can he make that transition. And on top of that, also, they're questioning his um, love for the game, so coming off the bench, things like that. It's going to make it even worse. It's going to sh- it's going to show, like, his demons in the way, you know? I mean, I've it never heard of – I've never heard of something like that. Like, he straight up said that he does not love basketball. And he's only playing it because he's so gifted at it naturally. Like, his yeah, words were – He wanted to be in football, right? He said if uh, he had an opportunity in football, he would leave basketball right away. Right away, yeah, he's always wanted to play football, which is like, I mean, like, I don't fault him for feeling that way, but why would you say, why would you come out publicly and say that, like, right before you're getting drafted? Unless he didn't want to go to the Timberwolves. <laughs> I guess that's an option. Like, that's possible. Yeah, the, only, the only other player I could think of that didn't, that got criticized for that was Darren Williams back in the day, but 
even though supposedly he didn't really love basketball, he was still pretty solid. He was a good player. He was all-star. Uh, long career. He was one of the top point guards for a while. Oh, so, he's I mean, what did he what did he say? He didn't like that. What did he want to do? Uh, if I'm not, not basketball. sure if he had, like, I'm not sure if there's another sport, but uh, that's what his criticism was with him that he didn't really like love the sport, and that he was hmm. pretty much playing to get paid or just uh. Yeah, pretty much just to get paid, just because he knew he was Shit. good. So. Can't blame him. If there was something I was good not enough to get paid millions, bro, you better believe I'd do it, even if I didn't love it. Yeah, for sure. But <laughs> but comparing him to uh, Anthony Edwards, like if he even if he has a career like uh, Darren Williams, like that's a pretty good career in the long run. Yeah, I agree mostly with that. I guess for a while he was pretty hard. I was gonna say maybe not for number one pick, but there was a couple years there where he where he was the top tier point guard for sure. So you're probably not wrong. Yeah, but besides but that, that um, another player that I think might have a big impact just because the team is so bad it might be Obi Toppin which people are saying has a big, huge upside. So what's yeah. about that? I agree. I think he's, like, obviously he's super gifted offensively. There's not really any arguing that. And he's get, that's, like, his hometown team. You know, he grew up a Knicks fan and everything. So I'm happy for him. And he definitely has shown that he has the tools, has what it takes to become successful. But as far as, like, the fit, I don't know, man. I don't get that. I just hope I mean, they that did, the – They did get rid of a bunch of power forwards that were there just maybe to try to get some playing time. But he still has Julius Randle ahead of him. So we'll have to see with that. Well, I hope um, they don't ruin that, that man's career. Yeah, it was the Knicks, so <laughs> – I would yeah, probably, they should probably they should probably try to tr- probably try try to trade uh trade Randall of it honestly like yeah somebody will um some team will take him for sure honestly I wouldn't mind him on the Kings to be honest nah I wouldn't either how much is he getting paid I believe it's like the lower twenties I'll look it up real quick but um. There's a lot of talk about Joe Shannon coming to the Kings uh, when he was a free agent. Yeah, I remember that. At Which that I time, he, I would fit. he played as a small ball five for the Lakers before he um, signed with uh, the Pelicans. Yeah. Yeah, he's uh, three years, 62 million. So around just under 21 million a year. Honestly, I wish too the, bad for that caliber of player. I wish the Pelicans would have kept him, man. I feel like, like last year, that would he would have oh, been a with great the, fit with that team. Yeah, and yeah, could have kind of. I feel like they could have got him back for maybe a little bit lower than that with what he went to the Knicks for. But I feel like that was a wrong move for his career. I haven't even heard about him since he went to the Knicks. Really? Yeah, I mean, he did. I feel like he did kind of trace the money, but I mean, he earned that money. 
with, especially with oh. the Lakers. And then um, once he went to the Pelicans, he started shooting threes. He was shooting mm-hmm. a little bit with the Lakers, but then once he went to the Pelicans, he started shooting a lot more, which I think has – it's. I think it's because of the shooting push that they have there. But um, his percentages did go up, and he was taking more. Yeah. And Anthony Davis wasn't playing, so he was getting a lot of playing time, a lot of touches. And um, that's why I think he would be a good fit with the Kings, just because he could be used like as a stretch five or even like a like a bully. Like he plays bully ball. Like he'll he's not afraid to go up against bigger players either. Even though like at a certain point, like if the other, if the center's a lot bigger than him, then the center pretty much have his way with them, but besides that, he's going to get you numbers. If you could get him to play defense, which Luke Walton, surprisingly, has been the only coach to really get him to play defense, and he actually had a pretty good defensive year, when was that, 2018 or 17? They had uh, Lakers in the top half of the NBA defensively. Mm-hmm. And they played him a lot at the five, which is pretty crazy. I wish that there was some way that the um that Larry Nance and, and Julius Randle could get back together on a team. Like, yeah, I, I remember there was a lot of talk about them not being able to play together, but they always hustled that thing about them too when they did play together they like hustled but they're super aggressive and would go for every ball things like that they just never really had enough time to uh, grow with each other yeah and the other pieces that they were playing with too made it more of like a log jam and they were trying to do shit that like they were trying to play Lance at, at that three for a little bit and that was not popping now that they've been able to grow and like expand their game, I think they work together a lot better. Yeah, for sure. Get them back together with Clarkson and Devo. Go ahead, man. Book it. <laughs> the baby Lakers get them all back together. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you have any other draft pick though that you're looking at? That'll make a huge impact from this year's 2020 draft. I don't know. Who's your, time, who's your um, front runner for Rick of the Year? Wait, what were you going to say first before you answer that? Uh, oh, I was going to say at the time, at the time of the draft, I thought that I really like, kind of liked what the um, what the Pistons were doing, like Killian Hayes, uh, Sadiq Bay, and um, what the hell's the name? Isaiah. Who was that guy that you really liked for the Pistons? Um, Isaiah. Uh... It was the big. It was the big that you were like, oh, they should um, go for him. And I was like, nah, he's going to go late in the second round. And then he went hella high. Um, Isaiah Stewart. Isaiah yeah, Stewart. Stewart. 
I was like, okay, like I could see those guys working together. And then that was before they traded Kennard and signed all these other weird ass guys. Like I assumed that they were going to bring back Christian Wood. So like a lineup of Killian Hayes, Luke Kennard, Sadiq Bey, Isaiah Stewart, and Christian Wood. I was like, okay, like that could be a cool young team. Like give them a couple years. And then they still have like Speed Makai Luke and a, a couple of their legit role players, like a Thon, which they don't have now. I was like, that could be cool. Like that could be interesting young team to watch. Like kind of how the Lakers were for a minute. But then they made all these weird signings. They let Christian Wood walk and all this stuff. So now I don't know. Like, I really like Sadiq Bey. That's the main thing. I thought, like, hey, he's going to a team where he'll get run and he'll get a chance. But now, I don't know. I feel like he's kind of got – he's been set up for for failure. Um, Depending on what happens with, like, the Magic making any trades or whatnot, I think that Cole Anthony could be a big piece for them. But it's hard for me to imagine, like, Markel Fultz and Cole Anthony playing side by side because they're both – that either one of them would be hella undersized for for a two guard. So I guess everyone else on their team's hella big though, so maybe it would work. But at the same time, like even just a six man role, I think Cole Anthony that that's a good spot for him in the magic. Oh, Devin Vassell. I don't think like he's gonna be going nuts at first or like make a huge impact, but I just think that's an awesome fit for him with the Spurs. It's a couple of years down the road. And then, and then if they trade their, if they trade their older guys, like I think he could develop pretty quick. Jalen Smith, I know you were kind of big on him. I was a big shocker going to the Suns. I don't know what to really think about that. I mean, yeah, you still have um, Aiden in front of him though. So Aiden, and then don't they have who? Don't they have a? They signed another big. They had Baines, but but they let him walk, and then they signed another big. I can't think of who it is right now. But I guess he could play four or five. So, I don't know. Like, me might be cool coming off the bench. I don't think he's going to make a big difference. That's the point. I just think that's really interesting. That was a really interesting pick. Oh, uh, it sounds sorry. Uh, is that what you're thinking about? Nah, they already had him. They brought in someone new. They brought in someone, a different. They brought in Crowder. Galloway, Crowder, CP3. Um... Eats one more, they picked him up from the Pelicans. Bro, there's what are they? They got so many forwards now that can shoot too. Yeah, I don't see any bigs at the pickup. Kaminsky, they lost him to the Kings. I don't know, maybe I'm tripping. In that case, oh, did they sign him? Yeah, saying he's on the roster. Then, yeah, I mean, he'll probably get minutes over Damian Jones. I don't know playing playing with a someone like CP3 that would probably be the perfect pairing for Damian Jones. Get so many logs. Yeah, but whatever we'll see. Um, Danny of Avdija, however you want to say it, bro, from Israel. Like I couldn't believe he fell to nine to the Wizards. I was thinking that'd be super interesting to see him play with Beal and Wall and like Rui and Thomas Bryant, but. I don't know how if he's going to be able to play with like Westbrook because he's going to be one from that 
Euro type of ball speed to the fastest possible pace that you could play at. So we'll see how he, how he translates. But I think that's a really interesting person to watch too. Westbrook. Westbrook, about? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, bro, I know you're dying to talk about that. Go ahead, man. All right, so there, there was a big trade that happened between the uh, Washington Wizards mm-hmm. and Houston Rockets. Yeah. And it was Russell Westbrook for John Wall and a very protected first-round pick from the Wizards. Which a lot of people were, were um, bashing on, saying that um, the Rockets overpaid or they didn't get enough from um, Washington. But in my opinion, I think it's actually a pretty fair trade because um, John Wall have been on podcasts lately talking about his um, past, his injury what's been going on with his injuries, how team doctors from the Wizards have watched the first couple injuries. First time he came back, he had a bone spurt in his foot and he was trying to play on it. And the doctors didn't catch it. And I guess um, that's how he re-injured himself and had to get a new surgery, get all that cleaned up. And now this, this time around, he's actually taking his time and um, recovering properly. And he's been working out. There's videos starting to come out of the way he's shooting. That's, he was saying on the podcast how he um, was practicing his shooting, his outside game, outside range for like three-pointers, which is pretty much like the only wall he had. And um, I don't know. I'm just big on him right now. There's a lot of people that are down on him because obviously he hasn't played for two years. But I'm kind of big on John Wall right now. I think he's going to be a good fit if Harden ever commits to the Rockets, which is another thing. Another big thing going on right now with James Harden. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just think it's a really good fit for both teams because um, in my opinion, Westbrook and Harden they're both known for not playing defense. And at the same time, John Wall and Bradley Beal are known for playing defense. So you mix and match them. And Westbrook brings you the aggressiveness, which, which Bradley Beal is kind of like standoffish, but he's a really good scorer. He's pretty clutch. Uh, he could get you a bucket, which is um, – Pretty much the opposite of Westbrook. Westbrook is like a really good game player, but once it comes to that clutch time, he takes some bad shots or uh, does some bad decisions. And he's not a good enough shooter really to uh, trust to take a three-pointer, you know? But uh, you could just kick it out to Bradley Bill. And when it comes to um, the Rockets, John Wall was always clutch. Like That's what he was known for back in the day. Being clutch, locking people up, uh, stepping up during big games. Um, pretty much the opposite of what people know James Harden for. Mm-hmm. So I think, in my opinion, it's going to be a really good fit. I think the the Rockets will surprise us here if, like I said, if James Harden sticks around. But we'll have to wait and see. 
what, what's your uh, opinion on that trade? Man. Oh, no. I think I'm kind of like the opposite of you here because I, whoever's saying that the Rockets didn't get enough is stupid as fuck because, like, he's publicly said he was gone. So at that point, you lose so much value. Like, people are not going to be willing to give you that much. So just the fact that you're able to get another perennial all-star with John Wall is like, okay, you can't ask for much more. And then even if it is heavily protected, like a first-rounder, come on, man. Y'all got – y'all got – that's the best thing that they were going to get. Because even though we don't know what John Wall is going to be like coming back, like he's not going to be dog shit, you know? He's not going to be terrible. And Yeah, he's still going to be at least starting point guard. Yeah. But I don't know, like – after everything, bro, like, who who would be the perfect fit with Harden? I don't think there is one. Like, who could play with this dude? I think the closest thing to it would probably be Durant. And that's why this Harden's probably trying to force his way over there. But Harden, Kyrie, and Durant, ugh, that sounds terrible, man. That sounds like a curse. I mean, not because of talent, but just because, like, they're all annoying as fuck. But anyways, I kind of, like, it kind of made me sad a little bit because Wall and Beal just seem, like, kind of like the perfect pairing to me. You know, like, better than Dame and CJ. They're, like, on a curry and clay level like they just complement each other so well and go to go together so well they also get along like and they're all they were loyal to their franchise like everything about them was just kind of like a good story to me even though i was never like a huge fan of john wall his game is next level like i can't take anything away from his game but just like as a personality i think i really like Beal and wall was whatever but i was just like excited to see them back together and now that it's done. Like, we're not even going to get to see what they could have been. We don't even get to see them back together for one game. So, that's just kind of sad to me. And Westbrook, like, he's definitely super talented. He used, used to be one of my favorite players. Like, it's not like the Wizards got totally played. They're still getting amazing value. But it's kind of like what you said. They gave up a lot defensively. And that was kind of their calling card with Beal and Walls. Like, crazy offense and great defense. And now they lost half of that. And like Bill, Bill's under, like what you said was understatement. That dude is a walking bucket. But I feel like they're not going to be able to fully take advantage of that because kind of just because the style that Westbrook plays, like he's going to have to take his little silly shots here and there when he should really be dishing it to Bill. And I don't know, man. Like, it's whatever. I'm not totally stoked about it, but I don't hate it. I would have rather that it just stayed how it was, though, for Washington's sake. Yeah, for Washington. Um, I would say for the Rockets, though, for sure, I think Wall would be a better fit with Harden than um, Russell Westbrook. Yeah, hell yeah. But Russell Westbrook, the thing about him, you know, he's going to bring it every night. And if he's not, like, super efficient, he's going to go out there and play hard. Um, I mean, hopefully they get, they 
he gets to buy into uh, defense over there. Another good thing about that trade is that he goes back to his old coach, Scott Brooks. Right. Which he, he's gone the best out of Westbrook. So if anybody's going to get them to play good together, it's going to be him. Yeah. Um, and besides that, yeah, it is. I was. it does kind of suck that they didn't get to play together, especially how John Wall was already like a two-time All-Star and Bradley Beal was still coming up. But now Bradley Bill is like on the same level, mm-hmm. and it does suck. And people thought that they didn't get along, but um, on that same podcast, John Wall was talking about when his mother passed. That the first teammate, and really the only teammate to be there, like with him at the hospital and spend time with him, was Bradley Bill. So they were like brothers, and like you could see that come out. I think Bradley Bill tweeted something out to him once he got traded. But they're they're like really good friends, and um, I wanted to see them play together. But I guess the Wizards got impatient, and then the whole thing with Russell Westbrook wanting out, they saw opportunity, and I you can't really blame them because I mean Westbrook's been able to play the last couple of years, you know. Like you know he'll probably be around even though he's going to be aging. And even though John Wall is super talented, he still never got MVP, which is another thing for Westbrook. And um, just a big question mark on his health. But like I said, I think he's going to be coming back. He's going to be fine. It is an Achilles injury, but it's not like back in the day where you get an Achilles injury and you're, you can't play anymore. Like, people the, – the thing that kind of bugs me is that people are saying this about um, John Wall not being – like, he's not going to be good pretty much, saying he's not going to be good because he had the Achilles injury. Yeah. But then those same people would turn around and say that Kevin Durant is going to come back and be the same exact player, even though mm. it's the same exact injury. Mm. Like, you can't, can't really have it both ways, you know what I mean? <laughs> if you think a uh, player – could come back and still be the same. Like you gotta give the other player the same type of respect, you know. Yeah. But yeah, um, I think that's why I think it's gonna be a good fit, just because of coaching with the with the Wizards and then the Scott Brooks knowing how to use um, Westbrook, Bradley Beal. His temperament isn't like super like aggressive, but what everybody knows Russell Westbrook is super aggressive. Uh, John Wall had some of that, but obviously Westbrook is a little bit over the top when it comes to that, right? Which I think will be a good thing for Beal. Um, then John Wall is like I was saying, like super clutch, and he knows how to lead a team. He's a pass-first point guard, even though he can score. He does know how to get to the basket, things like that. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm sure he'll – That that's what he was um, known for. Like, his specialty was for him to cut to the basket and then hit the shooter for a wide-open three. That was one of his big strengths back in the, a couple of years ago when he was playing full-time, mm-hmm. which is pretty much what the Rockets do, so – 
that's why I think it's going to be a good fit. But we'll see. The season starts in a couple of weeks, and hopefully, no, a couple days. <laughs> yeah, free season. I think what I'm actually most excited to see about these things is like. I want to see how, because in the past, like, with the teams that, I mean, I guess mostly just the Thunder, it wasn't really as much of a factor on the Rockets, but, like, it's been this idea that, like, it's super hard to play with Westbrook and Harden, and it's and it's super hard for young players coming into the league, especially, and trying to develop, like, while trying to play with a player like that. So most of the rookies that played with Westbrook that were supposed to be, like, super talented, super promising, like, they didn't really pan out. And I can't help but think that maybe it's because of that, like, playing with him. And then even Oladipo, like, he was killing shit when he was with the Magic. And then as soon as he went to the Thunder, he was just like, all right. But then as soon as he left the Thunder, he blew up again. So I'm kind of worried, like, the last couple years with Wall being out, Washington got, like, a lot of young talent. Like with Rui and Wagner and Thomas Bryant and now Danny. Like I don't know if that's. Well, I'm just interested to see what the, what they can do with Westbrook, or if it's just basically going to be the Westbrook and Beal show, and then they're going to have to get rid of their young guys to try to get a supporting cast of veterans, like the teams have had to do in the past. And then kind of like on the opposite, yeah. end of, huh? Like Kevin left. <laughs> I mean, if it came to that, that wouldn't be bad, bro. But I mean, I don't know. It's kind of hard for me to imagine Kevin Love now, like at this point in his career, keeping up with that, with with Beal. Yeah. 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 I kind of want to see it, but at the same time, the defense is going to drop a lot too if they do get Kevin Love. The defense will be super ass. And then on the other side of it, like Houston, I'm super excited to see what happens with like the the wall boogie connection. I remember hearing about it like when Boogie was selling the Kings about like, oh, they always had the most insane chemistry and they're still best friends and blah blah blah. Like they'd love to play together and whoop de whoop de whoop. And it's like I wanna see yeah, what they call they call John Wall the cousins whisperer. Yeah, I wanna see like what's really what is there really something to that? Like, are they really both going to unlock each other? And then at that point, like, Harden's just going to have to fit into that system? Or is Harden even going to be there still? And then the other thing, like, just assuming that that DeMarcus is healthy and, like, getting starter minutes off the bat, I'm really interested to see the pairing of him and Christian Wood because I feel like the, the Rockets haven't had, real, like, even one true big in, what, like, two full years. Almost. I mean, not really, actually. But yeah, since so, um, since Capella left, yeah, and now they're last season, and it's no, it feels like so long ago. But yeah, now they're gonna have like two modern bigs. They're still big as fuck though, and kind of slow. But like Christian Wood and Demarcus, like they're they got size, but they can still draw their man out to the three point line, and they can still bully people, especially DeMarcus, bully people down low, and Christian Wood is pretty damn good on defense. Like, I'm excited to see 
two really capable bigs down low with like Harden on the outside and they still have shooters, you know, they got rid of Covington and they still have um, Eric Gordon. They still have Eric Gordon. They still PJ Tucker. So they still have plenty of three point shooters. And I just want to, I just feel like that team somehow, if Harden stays there, is going to make shit really work. Even though fuck Harden. Yeah, they have uh, Gerald Green, pretty decent three point shooter. Gerald Green, really? Yeah. He's still there. Where was he? Was he hurt last year or something? No, I think he played for them in the playoffs. Pretty sure I saw him. I like that dude a lot. I feel like he's super underrated. Yeah, I think it wasn't like a injury that held him back. Um, yeah, I think so. But I think he's, he's always been up. super athletic. Huh? He's always been like super athletic, you know, for his dunks. Oh, stupid athletic, bro! One of the most entertaining dunkers ever of all time, for sure. But yeah, I do. Like, I know a lot of Kings fans don't really like DeMarcus Cousins, but then there's, like, a section that really loves him. Yeah. But I actually want to see Cousins help you to see how he matches up with this team. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I know a lot of people hate Harden, but I, I just want to see how this team meshes together and how what they could bring to the table. I agree. I really actually really wanted to see Harden go back to the – I mean, not Harden, I'm tripping. See Boogie go back to the Lakers, like, and be actually be healthy for a season. But that didn't happen, and now he's on the Rockets. So I, I agree with what you just said. Like, I'm actually really interested to see how he can mesh with them. Yeah, but we'll have to see. And hope, um, hopefully he slaps Harden in the face or something. That'd be neat. Yeah, there's another trade. Oh, yeah, the um, Pelicans sending Drew Holiday to Milwaukee. Oh, dude, I saw the training camp video today. They got me hella hype of of Drew guarding um, Giannis. Did you see that shit? No. Oh, bro. <laughs> That's like the closest thing that I've seen to Giannis getting locked up, which is crazy because of the size difference. But, man. It was it was just it was cool, man. It got me really excited. Just to make uh make Giannis a better player or what? Uh, maybe. I mean, I feel like everyone, everyone, you can learn something from like any teammate. Really, like the, all these guys should be learning something from each other. But just like that style of play, like that. Di- Gritty defense. I just feel like Drew fits in there really well. And um, I'm just excited to see that team. Hopefully. Yeah, so orig- huh? Not, I would say originally it was a two-team trade, but I believe it turns into a four-team trade. The uh, Thunder and Mavs, I think. Or, Nah. Yeah, I think it was. I think the Mavs were going to send a pick to New Orleans. It was like a pick swap, future pick. Um, but since the Pelicans traded for Steven Adams, um, that pick from 
The Mavericks is now going to OKC, which made it a four-team trade. So um, Pelicans are going to get George Hill, uh, Eric Bledsoe, and a couple of first rounders. And it was two. It was two first rounders, and then two rights to pick swap. Two separate rights to pick swap. And now. Um, George Hill's going to OKC, which I think he might be waived or bought out. And um, that pick from the Mavericks. And I'm, it was it another pick. There was another first rounder, right? That went to the to the Thunder. From who? I think from the Pelicans to get Adams. I think it was two firsts and um, George Hill. Is that part? Are you sure that Adams thing was part of that same deal? Yeah, they meshed it all, all together to make the um, the money work out. Oh, okay. So now it's um, Stephen Adams is on the Pelicans and Eric Bledsoe is on the Pelicans, which I think makes them a better team also. Even though Drew's gone, I think adding Eric Bledsoe is still like 80 85% of what you get from Drew Holiday. 85%? So, yeah, defensively. You don't think so? Whoa. 85%. Oof. Yeah, defensively. You want to say so? Um, I mean, that's kind of hard to con- contextualize, but, like, I want to say no. Like, maybe, maybe 75%. I don't know. It's hard to say, but nah. You know how I'm Bledsoe? <laughs> no, I actually really like Bledsoe, but I just think that, like, Drew is such a – he's on another level defensively. I don't yeah, know. Bledsoe's a pretty good defender, though. He is, yeah. I don't want to take anything away from him. He's definitely a good defender. I don't know about that, though. We'll see. I mean, we'll see how it fits. You may be right. There, you may be seeing something that I don't see, but I don't think that Bledsoe is that much of a difference maker for that team. I would much rather see them trade him for the Pelicans. Yeah, because they already have so many young players and so many young guards. Like, why take minutes away from them for Bledsoe? Like, especially seeing what he did last year. Well, they did. They do need another ball handler, which. Bledsoe could uh, run the second string. I, I like the I like the pickup because you have Lonzo Ball, and you have Eric Bledsoe, and then you have Stephen Adams, which is a really good start for defense. And so, then you have Ingram. If Ingram buys into defense like he did with the Lakers, that's that helps the defense out even more. And then it just leaves a big question mark with Zion. Which everybody know everybody knows last year he was not a good defender, but he was still recovering from injuries and trying to play himself into shape. And college, he's a good defender, blocking shots left and right. Who? Zion. Oh, in college, he was a good defender. Yeah, I didn't understand what you said. Yeah. I mean, he's a good shot blocker, just solely based off that athleticism. But I mean, when you're struggling to stay healthy in the NBA, it's hard to like maintain that. So, I feel like hopefully, yeah, hopefully he can come around. And like once he gets other 
facets of his game squared away, then he can focus on defense and bring that into his repertoire. But, I mean, he's so ridiculous on offense. I don't know how, what kind of standard you can hold him to really on defense. Just... Yeah, the, thing, the thing about him, though, I think what's really neat for him is just defensive rebounding. Like, he's so good offensively at rebounding that it should be able to translate over to the defensive side, you know? Because if they get more defensive rebounds, then that's going to help out the defense a lot. Yeah, but when and you're it's... when you're that big and you're doing that much work, like, what, when are you not going to – when are you going to be like, all right, like, we can't expect that you to jump that much more. Hopefully having another, like, experience big like Adams will help with that, what you're talking about. But I just worry about with, like, him being that big and that explosive and jumping that much and making that many athletic plays, like, yeah. You don't want to run. Yeah, you don't want to – exactly. Well, that's the thing. I see Zion. I'm kind of – I am kind of worried about him. I think he might have, like, a a little bit shorter of career, you know? Man, don't like, say that. Don't jinx this, man. Not like getting injured wise, but like being a top talent for a shorter period. Just because once he's his height, what is he like six seven? I think he's six seven. Hmm. And um, he's playing power forward at six seven. And if he once he loses the athleticism, it's gonna be hard for him to get the, battle all those people inside. Go get past them, get the rebounds, all the all the things that he's really super good at right now. Yeah, like it's gonna be hard for him to do it later on. Obviously, when he gets older. Of course. Well, hopefully, with all these advances of technology, he can stick around, like have a longer career. But yeah, I can't help but think that same thing sometimes, just because it's like it's obvious. Like none of us have seen a talent like him, like that big and that athletic. But it's just like scary. Sim. Every time I see that dude, like go to the ground, I swear I get scared. Yeah, even like Charles Barkley, he had a pretty, pretty fast drop off. Like he was, when he was younger, he was amazing. But once he got a little bit older, like, he didn't have the same type of bounce. He wasn't as quick. Mm-hmm. And he was like around the same. He's not as big, like as built as Zion, but his frame was pretty similar. Hella strong too, and like just like a a strong. He was like a running back that had like super good agility, and that knew how to play basketball. <laughs> if that makes sense. That dude was just like he was like a basketball player like no other. Yeah, like he's one of one, just like Zion's a one of one. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, I think I think that team's gonna be good. Especially, I think the Drew thing. Even though, like, yeah, they are losing something on the de- defensive side, I think it opens up Ingram to be the main guy on the offensive side and the closer. Like, there's no okay. Let's uh, give Drew the ball this time, and then uh, Brandon Ingram gets the ball next time. Especially with Ingram signing the the max, yeah. I think like it's his team now. I know him and Zion. 
Yeah. And they're hoping for Alonzo to step it up, but that's a whole another story for this year. So, I mean, like what you said with Bledsoe, like you like him and you think he could fit into the team and bring something. Who, so of all their young guards, like Lonzo, Hart, Alexander Walker, um, Kira Lewis, who else? Who am I forgetting? Like who, let's just say those four, because that's, Starting two and two off the bench. Whose number? Like whose whose minutes is he gonna be taking? And who's that's gonna a, be who's gonna be coming well, off the bench? Well, that's the thing. I think um, they got rid of um, Drew. Sure. Sure. They got rid of Frank Jackson. They got rid of uh, Kenrich Williams also, which frees Josh Hart up to be a small forward, backup small forward for Brandon Ingram. Which kind of cancels that out. So now that you have minutes for um, Nikhil Alexander Walker, and you have minutes for maybe not really for Kyra, but of course for JJ Redick. Kyra, oh, get a little bit of. That's who I was forgetting. Yeah. I mean, you, you have to play JJ Redick. Right. So I think, I think it's going to be a good fit just because it opens up more minutes for people. And it allows them to grow, expand their game. And uh, they're saying they're going to play Bledsoe at the one, actually, and Lonzo at the two, like he did in college. Which I I always thought was like the best position for Lonzo. Mm. Which is why uh, when the Lakers were going to draft them, I was hoping that they would keep D'Lo. So yeah. it could be D'Lo at the one and Lonzo at the two. That would have been dope. Because people are so, like, infatuated with his passing, but what they don't realize is, like, he would do... The way Lonzo passes, like, he'll catch the ball and get rid of it, like, right away. He doesn't really hold on to the ball. He'll, he'll throw it ahead or he'll he'll do, like, hockey assist. Or like, even, like, say, there's a lot of times where, like, Ingram passing the ball when he was, like, wide open, but then the defense would suck into him and he'd just tap it over to his teammate. And this team would be wide open, which is like that's that's the thing about the Ball Brothers. Like their their vision is super ahead of other players that are, are the same age as them, you know. Yeah, and they're used to playing with other people like that with each other and playing hella fast. Yeah, which which I think Lonzo is gonna have a good year, and I think um, it's gonna open up. Minutes for Nikhil, which I've been hearing a lot of good things about him. From where? Uh, just like training camp. Uh, JJ Redick, like his podcast. Oh, he yeah. grew almost two inches during the summer. Damn. And he, the good thing about him, like he went up to the coach, he went up to uh, Stan Mungundi. Mm hmm. And was like, uh, he like, the, it's a good thing he had like the confidence to go up to him. And he's like, he's like, I'm more comfortable as a shooting guard instead of a point guard. He's like, I think the best position for me is shooting guard. And if you play me there, I could contribute more to the team, which is pretty crazy because you, you have JJ Redick, 
and all the other players that we name at shooting guard. Mm-hmm. And he's still like, he's not like saying, oh, just play me at the point so I can get my minutes, you know? He's saying like, this is the best way for you to use me and this was, this is what's going to make me successful. So, yeah, you know, he has some type of confidence and he just wants to grow, you know? Yeah. I was thinking about what you said with heart. Like, he's he's hella strong and he's great defensively and, like, he's played small forward before for stance, but I don't think he can, like, maintain that and do that all the time. So, I'm not sure, like... Like, I don't think he can play the whole game at small forward. He's what, 6'4"? No, he's a 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, Are you sure? Yeah. He's I mean, the even then, Lonzo. even then, that's Lonzo's 6'6". Six, six. That's small for him, small forward. Yeah, but, I mean, he's been doing it his whole career, dude. Even he played power forward a couple times. <laughs> even on the Lakers, he was playing power forward. Remember, um... Who was David West? Was like once I couldn't once I couldn't back down Josh Hart, I knew I had to retire. I think that was his line. <laughs> That's hella funny. But he's super strong, dude. Josh Hart is like he's built he's built like a rock. Mini Hulk. And the, that's the thing, like that's what Stan Van Gundy was saying about the team, like. If there's one thing you know about the Pelicans, they're not going to get bullied this year. Yeah. Especially with Adams in the middle. That's true, actually. Now that you say that, they are a pretty fucking tough, like, strong team. You got Adams, Bledsoe, uh, Zion, super strong. They're going to be beating people up, dude. What's the name? Lonzo's still going to get bullied, but... It's saying uh, Beverly, Patrick Beverly. Oh my gosh! Remember his first game. Fuck Patrick Beverly. They're gonna get uh, smashed. I oh that's gonna be a really fun game, dude. Clippers and Pelicans just get bullied. Fucking hella bullied. Well, actually, I mean, yeah. Hopefully, oh man, I'd love. Didn't uh didn't um was that last season? What's her name? Uh, fucking, I haven't had too much of this Snoop Dogg wine, man. Um, Adams, didn't Adams fucking hammer Patrick Beverly? I don't remember. In the playoffs I, or what? I'm pretty sure he smashed him with a with a hard screen, dude, and like sent his ass to the floor. Um, I don't remember. Maybe I made that up. I don't know. But I know Adam's like. But yeah, yeah, he did. I just looked up. <laughs> yeah, I think he would just stay in there, right? And then that was a couple years ago, though. Oh, was it? Yeah, he. Um, but that's the thing about Adams. He like he could just stand there, and if you don't know he's there, if you're an intern, like he, you're not gonna move him. Well, that's what a screen is, bro. I know, but nobody's that big though. <laughs> Adams is ridiculous. Like, it's hella strong too. I know. I saw a picture of him standing next to Aquaman, like the actor. Yeah. And the caption was the real Aquaman, <laughs> and it has Adam standing next to him. You know how they kind of look similar. 
Yeah. Like facial, like feature wise. Sure, they both look like some cavemen. Yeah, but like this dude's like almost a foot taller, and how his body's super wider and just like super, super tough. Yeah, dude's a fucking monster, dude. Yeah, and it's crazy that he's only what, like twenty six. I think you said. Who Adam? Super young, yeah. Twenty six. He's super young. He was drafted in 2013, I think. So. 27. He's 27 years old. That makes sense. July 20th, 1993. Damn. He was the draft. This fucking old-ass bastard is the same age as me. <laughs> yeah, he's... I love watching that dude play, man. Yeah, and the thing about him, like... He's like a, he's like a good guy off the court. That whole team... Has like good, good, uh, people like chill people, you know, like no drama, no bullshit people. Besides, maybe uh, Bledsoe had some drama with the Suns, but that's like the only team he really had drama with. And that was like five years ago. And everybody has drama with the Suns, really. Even Uber when he when he uh, got traded this year, came out saying that they weren't really trying to win. Oh, so really? That, yeah. Came out like a week ago. But yeah, um, that that was another um, trade that went down. And are we forgetting one? What big trades? Yeah. Uh, Chris Paul. Um, oh yeah, CP3 to uh, Phoenix. Ubre got moved a couple of times. What was the CP3 ter- trade again? What was the trade? Yeah. I'm really not sure. Did they? I want to say they gave up a f- first for, but it obviously wasn't this year because they still had their pick. So next year or the year after? I think yeah. it was multiple picks. And then Ubre, they sent Ubre to um, a Ubre and. Another player. Oh, Ty Jerome, and I think one other player. I can't remember. Oh, that's right. I just brought it up. In return for CP3 and Ford Abdul Major, the Thunder received Kelly Oubre, Ricky Rubio, Ricky Rubio, Ty Jerome, Jalen Lecu, and a 2022nd first round pick. 2022? Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, Jalen LeCue or whatever. I'm pretty sure that's how you say it. He's got he's like a potential type of player. Like he's got a lot of potential. I'll be interested to see if he gets playing time and what happened, what he could do with the Thunder. But that makes yeah, me so, think, huh? So they pretty much just traded uh, CP3 for LeCue and the first round pick because they turned around and traded Ubre for money, right? Nah, I think they also got a projected first rounder. Right not? One of the Warriors? Yeah. And then Ricky Rubio got traded back to Minnesota. Yeah. Which is what I was just going to say. Like, what the f- what is What is Minnesota doing? I don't understand. Oh, yeah, with all the <laughs> just everything. Like, everything about their team. I just don't understand it. Matter of fact, let me pull up their roster right now because. They made like three or four moves where I was just like, what are y'all doing? 
at first I liked what, what, what they had going on, but after a while, I was like, this just doesn't make sense. Um, let's yeah, see. so Rubio and Jaden McDaniels to the Timberwolves. Jaden McDaniels, like, I'm cool with. That's a high high floor type of dude. Okay, so they still have Hernando Gomez, Jared Culver, Malik Beasley, Anthony. Okay, so here's their guards. And I guess Okogi's a small forward, but I don't see him that way. Even, yeah, they're small forwards. So Jordan McLaughlin, Ricky Rubio, D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards, Malik Beasley, Jared Culver. Um, am I forgetting someone? No, it looks like this. Okay, so Ashton Higgins. Oh, that's right. That's a guy from Kentucky that just got drafted this year too. So it's like we'll just write him off for this for this argument. So I'm just gonna. Yeah, I don't know. I really don't know because let's just go between these these three these. Okay, DeAndre Russell. We're gonna assume is starting. Right? There's no case where he's not starting. So between Ricky Rubio, Anthony Edwards, Malik Beasley, and Jarrett Culver, who's going to be the other starter? Well, I'm actually thinking they're going to play Rubio at one and Dilo at two. And Dilo at two? That makes sense. But the thing, like, what what I don't like about that is you just pay Malik Beasley a contract that he honestly earned. He played hella good last year for them. And you're going to pay him that to be what six man and let's just assume that's the case your pick from last year Jarrett Culver I mean he was nothing special but I mean are you already giving up on him best case scenario seventh seventh man like he comes off the bench as the other guard with Beasley uh you just took another guard, two guard, Anthony Edwards with the number one pick in the draft. So where does he fit into the situation? <laughs> I mean, the, yeah, I don't know, dude. <laughs> the way I see. That just makes zero. I don't know. I don't understand it. And then they also picked up Evan Turner. Did, they didn't, I think they already had him. Tim, well, I think they they picked him up again. He was a free agent. Oh, you mean like just resigned him? Yeah. Uh, here, let me double check. Yeah, because his his deal expired this year. Two thousand sixteen, he signed a seventy million dollar deal with the Blazers, which would have expired this year. So anyway, I know that you probably wanted to talk about the. There's a couple of coaches that you're really feeling right now. Oh yeah, last um, podcast we talked about um, the Kings developing players, um, young players, and how they didn't really have the coaches in the past. Yeah.
listen to this guy's resume, man. Um, since 2005 and 2007, he was assistant for Minnesota. This is uh, Rex Kalinian we're talking about. Trash. 07 to 09, Sacramento Kings assistant. It's kind of forgettable. But then <laughs> you go to 09 to 2015, OKC assistant coach. 2015 to 2018, Toronto Raptors assistant coach. 2018 to 2020, uh, Clippers assistant. Which means he was in charge of developing their young players, de- developing their talent, helping them improve on their game. Which OKC, everybody knows the talent that came out of there. Uh, Raptors recently, everybody knows like the the fines that they got. Van Lee, um, Siakam, Anunoby, players like that, which he was working with. And then the Clippers, uh, he was working with their young players like um, Landry Shamit came out of nowhere, uh, Wow, Montrez Harrell, just players like that. So like, he has a pretty good resume. People are pretty hyped about him. And let's see. I mean, it does seem like they got a pretty good coaching staff for once. There was a lot of turnover this year. They got Kalamian. And then they also got Ogman. Ogman. Who? Ogman. What's his um, first name? I'm trying to get his first name. Stacey? That's what I'm trying to remember. Yeah, Stacey Ogman. Stacey Ogman, really? Yep. He's the assistant coach. What the fuck? UNLV legend right there. Yeah, so he was... Uh, <laughs> he was with the Denver Nuggets from 07 to 2011. And like you were saying, UNLV 2011, 2016. And then 2016 to 2018 with the Milwaukee Bucks, which is Giannis... Um, Middleton, uh, Brogdon, a bunch of bunch of players come out of Milwaukee, really. Yeah, so for all the listeners at this point, we had a bunch of technical difficulties. Pretty much what we were just saying is that the Kings hired some pretty good coaches, and hopefully they'll be able to help out the young players on the team. So... Thank you guys for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye.